When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Final Fantasy Lorecast, a podcast dedicated to the history and lore of the Final Fantasy series. Join us as we take a deep dive into the different worlds, characters, and so much more. Welcome back, Warriors of Light, to another episode of the Final Fantasy Lorecast. And then again, I almost said a different show, because I'm on so many of them. And with me today is obviously one of my other hosts, Trey. But you nailed that Warriors of Light. Oh, I did. I did. I did. That was, I did, that I was did. so smooth. <laughs> it almost came out something different, right when my mind was thinking, but hey... Put that to the sideline. Uh, but today is our end of the month patron chat, and we are joined by Hylian Cubby again. Thank you for joining us on today's show. Glad to be here, man. And uh, the topic we're going over today is what is our favorite bid, big bads in the Final Fantasy series. Um, and the, these can be any of the villains and enemies we face in the series because there are so many and there's only so many games that a lot of us have played. So, keep it pretty generic. So, who wants to start first? I say Trey. Well, I mean, I feel like... I, so I came with a list of three bosses I, I wanted to hit. And given my list, it's only appropriate to start with the boss that started it all in Chaos. I love mm. that you fight Garland at the beginning of the game. And, you, you know, you beat him very easily in Final Fantasy One, And then it turns out that um, they take that body, go back in time, and he becomes, like, the whole story of him becoming Chaos. Uh, I wanted to, to bring him that one up first because i just i love the story i love the time travel aspect and i just thought it was a really great way to introduce everyone into what final fantasy is yeah uh i mean garland slash chaos is a great boss and fight and then again they even expand on his story with strangers of paradise which you become the boss slash villain which is like one of the very few times that they've done that in the series. Um, I would say the la like before that it was basically um oh, what's his name from fifteen? They did a DLC for him that you could play as on. Arden. Arden, yes. Yeah, that was a that was always a really exciting uh twist. You know, to have in in such an early game to, I mean, Garland is basically the first boss you face in that game, right? Like, oh, he's kidnapped the princess. You have to go save her, uh, and is not a particularly difficult 
boss early on in the game, right? And then by the time you get to the end, you've completely forgotten about that, right? And and to have that come back around and uh, and and have him him be the mastermind behind all of this, yeah, is uh, it's pretty interesting. I know. I mean, I know it, it's not a, a big a, a comparison, but I was scrolling Reddit earlier, and I saw a video of live reaction to the Darth Vader Luke, I am your father scene, and it's it's obviously not as big of a twist, but it just kind of reminds me of that that er, that early on in the storytelling, like early on in the uh, the genre, the what we consider now basic storytelling concepts, they were so revolutionary, so huge, and I feel like the time travel aspect of it, it just magic and, you know, casting spells and the crystals and, and energy. That's all, that's all one type of fantasy. But when you add time travel into it, I think that just stepped it up a whole nother level for me. And, and I just, I loved the, I loved the boss that is chaos. And when I went back, when I go back and play the older games, because I came in at seven and eight. So I go back and I play those and it's the stories that grip me because I'm not playing for the graphics. I'm not necessarily even playing for the gameplay because it's all been copied and done over so much. But I'm playing for the stories and the characters, and Garland has always been one of my favorites. The gameplay as well, at least I haven't played any of the remakes of the original, uh, but the gameplay of the original created so much challenge um, simply because the way that the magic system worked in that game where you could only cast a certain number of spells per level and there was no way to restore your magic after you cast a spell like until you you would sleep and there was no way to like sleep within a dungeon so I mean that dungeon I don't remember the boss battle being too difficult but the dungeon itself having to face all four of the elemental fiends leading up to uh, the boss battle with chaos. I do remember that was a slog. Like that would, it would take a while. And uh, they make it, they make it easier in the newer ones. I don't know if they have an, I don't know if they have an option to play in the, like the original difficulty, but they definitely made it easier in some of the, the later releases. Yeah. But that was always like a badge of honor. If you could get through that dungeon and you could be all four of them and be, beat the game like that was so many people got to that dungeon and just didn't make it through and i never played it on that original difficulty so i can't say i can't i don't have that badge of honor i i did beat it but it was one of the later releases and it did it wasn't nearly as challenging as as what most people say so i can't imagine that i went through the turmoil and torture that those unfortunate souls did but it, it was worth it because it's a great boss battle yeah Admittedly, the um, only way I was able to defeat it was the uh, Nintendo Power published a full, uh, what do you call it, uh, guide, um, Nintendo Power Magazine, back when, you know, people read magazines, right? Uh, they had a full walkthrough with, you know, uh, dungeon maps and uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, information about the bosses, so... There's, there's no way I would have been able to <laughs> accomplish that without the 
without the guy. What a great what a great thing to have. Like <laughs> shout out to Nintendo Power for including that in just a regular regular, you know, edition and not having to purchase a strategy guide. I don't even know if they had strategy guides um, like that. So back back, th- then. back then no. But strat, strat guys didn't really come out until like mid 90s. Around mid nineties, I know seven had one, but I don't remember one but, before six. You know, or nin- before seven, Nintendo Power that takes me back because I, I mean, I, th- I might still have some old Nintendo Power magazines lying around somewhere, but yeah, like kudos for Nintendo Power back in the day for helping all old school RPG fans because <laughs> my God. Uh, trying to learn that stuff on your own and trying to figure it out on your own when you're like, you know, eight is not fun. <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, so Garland's great, Chaos. Um, I'm going to throw a one out, and that is, Sharp's going to really like this, uh, Kefka from 16. Right? Is No, not Kefka. Um, Koopka? Which one? Do you want Koopka from 16? Koopka. Who has Titan? Koopka. Yes, Koopka. Okay. I get those Koopka two mixed 16. up. They're like similar names <laughs> every time. Koopka from 16. Um, yeah. Terrifying, terrifying villain. And uh, not fun. Like his his fights or his Titan fights with Ifrit are amazing. And Trey, Trey can tell you about that too because he he's done it just the most fantastic of fights uh, but even the character himself like so titan is i mean how would you just describe him? like a big old brute like he looks like a football linebacker on Ooh, steroids yeah. yeah and uh i mean the first time i remember getting introduced to him is they're in the war room and they're talking about if titan would just go out and and fight this would all be over in a minute and titan comes in and he's like if i come out and then shiva's coming out and I'm killing everybody, and that's not what we want. So how about you guys step up and be leaders and figure it out? And then he walks out with Benedicta. But like just from from the first introduction, I remember like he's just a no nonsense. He's the guy that's in control, and he is very aware of the the power that his powers grant him. Yes, very much so. And he he's very level headed. Um. To a certain point, until you get to a certain point in the game, he's he becomes not level-headed whatsoever. But he's very level-headed that when you first get introduced to him, especially like um, knowing the casualties, knowing how war is like, and what he needs to do to accomplish. But you know, twenty minutes into the game, Titan gets released regardless, and you know all hell breaks loose. Which, like, if you have not seen the 16 fights of the icons, they're they're just kaiju fights. Just think Godzilla, but Final Fantasy characters. This is literally all it is. It's fantastic. Cody, how much am I allowed to spoil for you on here about 16? I'm I'm probably not going to play it. Okay, so I think... At least not for a long time. I think the most badass scene I've ever seen in a Final Fantasy is Koopa. Koopka is in is in the old the old throne room. Clive's dad, 
Clive's dad's old throne room. Clive walks in and Kupka's just like, I've been waiting for you. You are, and then he smashes the throne. He's like, your country is dust. I've been waiting for you because your leader killed my woman. And since your leader is dead, I'm going to kill you. And then Clive is like, oh, you have, you are mistaken. It's not your leader, my leader you want. I'm the one who killed her. And the conversation that they have is the voice acting is superb. The tension is just, it's perfect. It is, I think it is my favorite scene um, in like the, I would say from like 12 on. Um, Cause it's just different with the way graphics are voice acting. It's hard to compare a scene from 16 to say a scene from final fantasy six. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but when you go like, honestly, Kobe, I, I'm probably going to send this to you when we get, when we get out of this, but it's, it's my, it's my favorite scene from 16 for sure. I've went back and watched it a few times. Uh, it's just so well done. Oh, and that's the other thing, like with a lot of, with, all the new games coming out nowadays, you have these voice actors doing mocap, so they're you're getting the full, like their full body motion and everything when they're talking and when they're doing these scenes. So it you feels so much more um, immersive and realistic to what you're actually playing. And like sixteen, like Square Enix has not disappointed when it comes to cutscenes. Like that, that's just their main thing they go to is cutscenes, and their cutscenes are fantastic. Do you watch Game of Thrones, Cubby? No. Okay. Sixteen's um, very Game of Thronesy. Hmm. Well, there, there's a specific moment in Game of Thrones where this old lady, she's getting ready to die, and he, she tells this guy. I want your sister to know it was me. And she goes, I want Cersei to know it was me. And she's talking about, she's the one who killed her kid. Hmm. And that I want her to know it was me. It's a very, it's the same exact tension and moment that is in 16 when he's like, no, I want you to know it was me that killed Benedicta. I'm the one who killed your lover. I'm the one you're looking for. And then Kupka is just like, oh, this is a great day indeed. I get to kill you. And then they just go to war. And I'm not going to say how it ends because I'm going to send you the video after this. But <laughs> just. Well, I mean, good. just knowing that Clive, like you play as Clive, as the main character of the game, you kind of can see where it goes <laughs> just from there. <laughs> no, no, he does not. No, he. He is not prepared for what happens at the end of that scene. No, I don't. I don't. I, I disagree with you 100% there, Ben. And I can't wait to ask Cubby if he was prepared for what happened. But, That's fair. All right, Cubby. We, we've talked about right. a couple. Who do you have? Yeah, I want to talk about my my first one. I want to save my, uh, my favorite for the second. But I'll talk about... Um, I want to talk about, of course, you know, one of my favorite games in in four, and uh, and of course, I don't want to talk about. I know I said I wanted it to be the main big bads, but Zemus is not really that great of a big bad. I, I have to talk about Golbez, um, Final Fantasy four, who's the you know the main antagonist through most of the game. Um, his his sprite is is so intimidating when you see him in battle clad completely head to toe in dark armor 
massive imposing character um the first time the the team uh your your party has to face off against him he summons a dragon who just you know one hits characters individually and uh kind of builds that that terror um and uh and then in the i think it's in the ds remake i think is when the, when they went to the 3d remake i think in the ds or, or or later you get his backstory as well you get to hear you know the story of his birth when he was first corrupted by zemus um and uh you know how just how crazy he became like initially even as a child um and then you know and then obviously you know creating over the years to this uh this massive you know uh warlord and and magic user all of that so um i don't know it's just a i think he's a a great antagonist um of course being you know related to the the main protagonist you know adds that extra layer that that extra dimension um you know in the after years um which i don't think is 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 a, as good of a game as the original but um it is interesting he actually becomes a playable character um so he comes back that's that's kind of fun um yeah uh Definitely. I think you were spot. I think you were great to to bring him up. He is a great villain. Mm-hmm. He's just, uh, I mean, Zemus. It's I'm pretty sure it's his influence that just has Golbez mm-hmm. indulge in his just darkest urges and darkest, cor- you know, the that e- what is it? What do they call it? like um, the ego, super ego? There's there's all sorts of. We all have those dark tendencies. We all have that that darkness in us, and it's whether or not you choose to indulge that that side of yourself. And mm-hmm. just seeing Golbez at his worst, and watch the story play out, and his rede- you know, even I like that he gets a little redeemed at the end mm-hmm. is is neat because not all of these. Uh, I wouldn't want it all of the time, but I think Final Fantasy does a good job of of leaving most villains fairly evil. So seeing someone like Golbez pop up and be okay, it it's it's not it's not a slap in the face to someone who's like, oh, this has been the the bad guy this whole time, and now he's a good guy. It, it's the story makes it worthwhile. The journey is, is so it's just it's so well done. Yeah, and the um, like I said in the backstory, it's his jealousy that originally. Uh, Zemus is able to kind of take hold of, um, and uh, that's where he weasels in, and then it and just that's expands. how he weasels his way in. Yeah, but but even you know even at the end, I mean, you say redeemed. Well, okay, he realizes he was being you know manipulated. Does he really become a good guy? <laughs> he 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 basically storms off at that point and says, "I want revenge." <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. So the so more more, I guess he goes from chaotic evil to chaotic neutral. <laughs> but uh I mean I just I, I consider that a good guy. Sure. He's wouldn't like, you want revenge? wouldn't that just be considered like anti hero at that point? Because I mean even at the end of the game, right? Like he tries to he's obviously super powerful, but he can't make a dent against his, you know, Zemus because 
um, he's kind of indulged the dark side too much, if you will, and you need someone who's, you know, who's really Your turned part. himself over to the light that um, can uh, can actually break through Zemus's, uh, you know, defenses. So I just looked up a, uh, a photo of Golbez, and oh, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's intimidating, and I, just looking at it, it's like he looks awfully familiar. Completely, I looked it up he is actually a um in 14 post inbreak uh in walker he is actually a antagonist all the way up to well in walker is the latest expansion so up to current right now skobez makes a return and he has like a dragon like uh sidekick thing with him mm-hmm his uh his shadow dragon yeah yeah that's what it was called in the original and seeing the sprite uh ben doesn't even really give you the full scope of how intimidating it was because when the sprite popped up your characters were just so small and the sprite itself was huge it was almost the entire screen it felt like uh at least yeah. in my memory you they, know final the, fantasy the they always does that just, right where you have yeah. the bad guys are always these massive sprites, and then they become a good guy, and they're like over here, <laughs> that big. But you're right. I mean, you know, the sprites, even the even the not the battle sprites, but even the the sprites, the overworld sprites, right? Um, his sprite took up the entire, you know, cube, if you will. Whereas all the other sprites were definitely, you know, more felt more, I don't know, proportioned, and his sprite is just massive. Um, and you know, he's defeated, I think, uh, three, you know, at least twice in, in the game. Um, and yet he never dies. Like you can quote unquote defeat him and yet he just keeps coming back. Um, it's like, you can't kill me. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I mean, to be fair, if you killed him, the story would be very, very different. Of course. Well, then that just makes him even more, you know, intimidating and more of a threat. Like, you you know, you defeat him once, like, okay, cool, he's done. Then he comes, like, comes back again, you fight him again, it's like, oh, I thought I defeated you. Okay, so you defeat him again. And then, like, the third time, it's like, why won't you die? (laughs) It's like, why, why are you immortal? Why won't you die? Stay down for once. So, yeah, this is going to be, like, I mean, I have to play a lot of the old school, um, or, like, one through six. I still need to play. I have the Pixel Collection, the Pixel Remasters, so I know I can easily get through them. Because I have the bonus, bonus EXP, um, all that stuff, so. So I can just blaze through and just enjoy the story without the grind. Ah, there you go. Because well, like, I don't want to do that grind. On one six. <laughs> we want Cubby to catch up, and I think ten would be an excellent one for Cubby to to dip his toes into into the, the next generation of voice acted Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. And I say that as a tease because I want to bring up the boss from Final Fantasy Ten. Hmm. Okay. But are we? Are you done, Cubby? Before I before I switch us off to Golbez. Yes. Okay. Um, so all through Final Fantasy X, you're dealing with Sin, um, 
you find out halfway through uh, who's controlling Sin. And then you find out even later that you, Yevin, who is kind of, the, it's the religion slash cult that is controlling uh, Spira, the, the world. And at the end of the game, you kind of find out that there was a war between summoners and people who use machines and Bavel. And you, Yevin, summons this huge thing, which is Sin. And to you know to fight eventually he loses control of it and there's this this whole thing where sin comes back and summoners go on a, a pilgrimage they get to um, defeat sin and then it goes away for like 10 years or so and it but it always comes back it's a cycle and i don't want to get into too much because i ben hasn't played it you haven't played it and it is one that i think would be a fun play along because it's very easy, it's very player accessible. It, um, so I'm not, like I don't want to get into too much with sin and all that. But it's you, Yevin, is very much a the opposite of like a Kefka from Six, who I, I have a feeling we might be talking about in a little bit. Whereas he just you you're at war, summoners versus machines, and he comes up with this big idea to have Xanarkin go underwater you know, and have sin go up and fight. And then he just like war, you know, war breeds chaos and then he loses control. And then the world is just in this cycle. And it, I just really enjoy how they use him losing control as what builds the entire world. Like the, the entire universe of final fantasy 10 is built around this guy, this decision and the, the, the aftermath of it all. And it's, that's not something you, you put together until you play it once and you really can understand all the whole story together. This is kind of a side thing, and I agree with a sharp on this. The real big bad of 10 is Blitzball. Blitzball is amazing. I love it. In its day, Blitzball was fantastic. I loved Blitzball. I spent way too much time playing it. It it definitely is harder to play now, given how far video games have come. But back then, that was that was a big that was huge because all we had was card games. It was always seven didn't have anything. Eight had an amazing card game. Nine had a crappy card game, and then ten had Blitzball. And we we're like, oh, this is a whole new level of you know extra content. But it, it definitely did not age well. I'll, I'll give you that, Sharp. Hey, Seven had Chocobo Racing. That's all that matters. At racing, it had the snowboarding. Uh, I mean, it had some cool things, but it didn't have like a league like the Blitzball League. No, but I mean, you have the Golden Saucer. You don't need anything else. You're not, you're not wrong. Right? Um, um, so is this a good point for a mid-break? All right.
Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the Final Fantasy. And here I do want to uh, want to thank our patrons, uh, Highland Cubby. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for joining us. And if you want to join us on the show, just like Highland here, you can support us at patreon.com slash the Final Fantasy Lorecast, where you can get ad-free episodes and even join us like today on the show of the topic of choosing. And you can also support us in a few different ways. Uh, you can support us also on Apple and Spotify. If you leave a five-star review on Apple with some words, we'll read it out loud next time of the show. As well as a comment on Spotify with some nice words, which we actually do have one this week. And it was from our last week's episode of Remu. And it is written by Jeremy. Great job. I wanted to make another comment because I was kind of ripped on the last comment about 15 being my favorite one. I finished 16 last night and is obviously my favorite. <laughs> and, it, and it is obviously my favorite. That That's because 16 is just... Mwah. They The storytelling is great. It was written fantastically. And like the acting, the voices... Everything they did with the game was spot on. It's great. And we're getting two DLC for it too now because how great it's been. Um, so you can support us that way if you want to leave comments and reviews, just like Jeremy. And you can also join us on a few different Discord servers, the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, as well as my Discord server, the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, where you can find this show as well as the other three shows I host, the Holocron Histories, the Wizard World Lorecast, and now the Witcher Lorecast. So you can find them all right there. It's a lot of fun. Join us as I post pictures of myself in Ren garb when I go to the Renaissance Fair. And apparently I look like a Lambert. 100% do. And it's a compliment. It, Lambert's a good looking guy. Take the, take the wins, man. I mean, sure, if you don't mind his attitude. But that's a whole different topic for a whole different podcast. Um, but uh, with that being said, let's get right back into more villains. <laughs> All right, we are back, and yes, uh, I agree with Sharp. Chocobos are the best thing in Final Fantasy. And also, thank you for the reminder, watch us on Twitch, uh, on my Twitch channel, at Ben, T- ben of Tamaria. Uh, I'm so close and getting affiliated, I just need an average of three viewers of my streams to get affiliated in the next 30 days. Help me out, please. <laughs> um... But with that being said, who wants to... Do you want me to go with another one? I've only got one left. Okay. So, I mean, obviously my other choice is obviously the art, you know, what most well-known, probably one of the most well-known big bads in Final Fantasy, which would be Sethiroth. I mean, you can't go wrong by him, even though he's like the most evil of people who kills a very innocent young woman out of nowhere and you want to stab him in the face. He kills a lot of people. He kills a lot of people, but man, when you first see him, that's the first thing he does. 
It's just like a freaking gut punch, man. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Plus, you know, he makes a bunch of other appearances in other games, such as, you know, the Kingdom Hearts series, and that alone, like, if you think he's, like, tough enough in Final Fantasy VII, go try and find him as Sora in freaking Kingdom Hearts, because that is a nightmare. Well, I mean, if if we do the Michael Scott explain it to me like I'm five, his, his big plan is, all right, I'm going to take this big meteor and I'm going to ram it into Earth. And it's going to cause so much damage that the Earth is going to have to try and repair itself. And I'm going to infect the Earth while it's healing, take over the Earth, and then use it to sail the cosmos with my space magic. Yeah. I feel like taking the like clearly if you take our world and you move it out of the orbit, everyone on Earth dies. Like if he's taking our planet to to surf the cosmos, as he calls it, like I know Kefka ruined the world. He got to destroy, you know, nuke everyone. But there were still people surviving. There were still people around. If if Sephiroth had gotten his way, we'd just be like a skateboard. You want you watched Avatar? We'd be like, you know, when Aang does his little wind ball and he rides oh, the his wind air ball scooter around. Yeah, we would be we would be his air scooter. We'd be Sephiroth's air scooter. You know, just dead because the Earth would be destroyed. Yeah, yeah, ter- terrible, terrible thing. And he's even like, and if you think he was bad in the original Seven, go play the remake of Seven. They just hey, here's Sephiroth. Now give them time powers. And like time dementors that like come out of nowhere and wreck stuff. Did like, you beat seven, Cubby? I know you played it. I don't know how far you got into no, it. No, I haven't beat seven yet. What what I want to know is if you're flying through the cosmos, does your hair still whip around? You know? It has to, if you have I hair mean, like- if, if you, you have hair like Sephiroth, yes, it has to. Why I, have hair like that if not to whip around? Right. Exactly. I was about to say, like, with his hairstyle, it would have to, just so he could look, quote-unquote, cool. <laughs> That's the only time. Um, but, yeah, like, he he's a terrifying villain. And I'm, I'm scared made, like, to he see... He was made in a lab. Uh, I mean, he's just the, the perfect soldier type villain oh god what sharp say you looked over oh no it's steven <laughs> steve saying, Hello, steven oh the dementors are my least favorite baddie yes because they're, they're not fun to fight um i'm just scared to see what he's gonna do in rebirth like you fight him in, in an alternate dimension at the end of the remake of seven where he has like the one wing angel or fallen angel wing and everything and has his Masamune and all that cutting. I mean, I think they're really trying to make him into the, they're trying to make us empathize with him, with his backstory and everything. And these newer ones, I mean, what, I mean, they don't really go over his backstory a whole lot in seven remake. Are you talking about like, I guess I'm more thinking like crisis core crisis core. Okay. so like before he before he knows that he has Genova cells, like before he knows he's half ancient, half alien, whatever, 
Like he just thinks he's this weird weirdo introvert. And he has his, you know, he's soldier with Angel and um, um, Genesis. And then once he finds out what his dad did, how that all went down, he just snaps and goes crazy. And that's when, you know, he burns Nimbleheim to the ground and he just go, goes off on one. Um, but I, I feel like they've really kind of, I think they're going to bring in the, um, so with Yuffie and her in the integrate DLC, they bring up the, the guy, the people from, um, Vincent's game. And I think they're going to bring up the crisis core stuff. So I, as much as you say, he's an, an even bigger villain. I think he's going to be both a bigger villain and they're going to try and make us feel, feel, feel for him all at the same time. Yeah. To make him more, um, more relatable and like empathize with a villain for once compared to oh this is the bad i have to go and stop him where you go and fight him it's like i feel sorry for this guy do i have to beat him up yes yes you do you do have to beat them up but you can still feel sorry somewhat but he's trying to destroy the world so like i i still don't have remorse for him. i still don't have sympathy for him sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. I, I like. I feel bad for for him before his psychotic break, and then once he broke, it's like, all right, man, you're a danger. You're trying to crash your meteor into the world, right? And you killed some my best spellcaster when we first meet. That's a no no. <laughs> all right, Cubby. How many do you have left? I have one more left. All right, I, I have one more left, so I'm going to go, and then we'll let you be the main event. So, uh, Ultimacia, I think, from Final Fantasy VIII. Mm -hmm. A little bit slept on, but she is a sorceress who finds out, you know, through destiny or whatever, I don't remember how, but that a seed is going to be her demise. So, she, you know, she finds out this is going to kill her. So she ends up teleporting through time trying to find the seed that's going to kill her which seed is like a military rank member so it'd be like a navy seal is going to kill her so she's going through time trying to figure this out and it the storyline ends up being you know like the the self self-fulfilling prophecy she actually travels back in time and dies whereas if she would have just stayed in her own time the the seed who kills her it is you know in the past so she goes back to her own death but she goes back and the game starts off and they're like, oh, you need to go find the sorceress and you need to stop her. But in this world, they haven't had TV for 17 years. Think about what you were doing 17 years ago. Uh, I'm what, 35? I should have done this before. But like my life was so different 17 years ago. No TV. All of a sudden, the TV has all come on. And there's this sorceress with the with the mayor of the biggest town, and they are appointing her ruler. And she comes out to give her speech. The crowd is in a frenzy because she's cast a spell to make them love her. And she says, I'm in charge. I'm the ruler. And she rips out the mayor's heart on live TV and throws the corpse to the side. And you try and take her out with a, with a bullet. She stops it midair. You go rush in and fight her, and it's just on from there. Um, so, yeah, this happened. It's just it's a fantastic way to introduce her. The story is awesome because, again, you find out, like, she's from the future. 
she if she had just stayed put she'd be fine but this her insatiable desire to live forever and to to always be in control that was her downfall and um i just i always appreciated that because the storyline is super complicated like she wants to compress time and do all this and the junction system is hard but when you just boil it down to she's a sorceress finds out her you know how she's gonna die and it ends up being a self-fulfilling prophecy adding in the whole no broadcast for 17 years i'm gonna rip this dude's heart out i just think that's great villain material and that's also why you don't mess with time travel Unless you're a Granger. Unless you're a Ranger? Granger, Hermione. Granger. It's the only time oh. travel that ever so that's, works out. That's a whole different concept of time travel, though. Look at me getting us off topic from Final Fantasy. I'm doing the bad thing. But no, I just, I love and I love how it works out in, in A. And one of the underappreciated things of A in the story is... So Sid in A is your headmaster. He's the guy who runs your your school or whatever. And the, uh, the sorceress has possessed Edna, I think is her name. And it's actually Sid's wife. So you don't realize it in the moment. But Sid is like just desperately trying to get his wife back from this sorceress who has possessed her. And he's just sending these seeds out into danger, just doing anything he can to to find a way to get his wife back and again that's not something you realize until later on in the game but when you do and you replay it uh especially me being older being married now like it just has so much more weight to it realizing that man this guy is fighting to to get his you know to get his partner back and ultimacia is the one who who took her so that adds even more into it for why i think she is just one of the most underrated bosses in Final Fantasy. That's fair. Um, I will shout out Sharp's um, comment in the Twitch chat, which is the Militites in Type 0 really bad. Killing kids and innocent people to get crystals. Type 0 is a very dark game. Which, Type 0 is a very dark game, even though it's a side game. It's dark. So, in that's a lot of the newer Final Fantasies. Honestly, they they went to much, much more darker toned. I mean, the, the earlier ones were dark tones, but being you know two D pixel, it was is it was a hard concept to grasp. Like you can read the story and it's like, okay, yeah, this is dark, and then you get to today's game with all the three D rendering, motion capture, and all that, and it's like, oh, this is dark. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely comes across as much darker when you can when you can see the things happening live. You have voice acting, mm-hmm. you have sound effects that that are realistic. Yeah, it it takes it to a whole new level. I agree. All right, sir. It's time for the main event. Yeah, main event. No, no surprise that the main event has to be has to be has to be Kefka. Yeah, it does. Uh, it has, has to be. be. Uh, he's, I mean, we talk about, you know, dark, uh, dark themes, you know, darkness. I mean, you, you first find out about him because, uh, he's, 
uh, he's, well, yeah, the first thing you find out that he's done and he's taken over the mind of, you know, one of the main characters um, and sent her out to, you know, be his little war machine. Um, he poisons an entire town just, you know, because he can, um, you know, he's um, one of the things I like, and I know this, we, we, we have this a lot in Final Fantasies where um, the boss is somewhere, right? The boss is at the tower, the boss is on a, in a castle and you know, they're there, but you have to actually go to them, right? They don't, they don't seem active. And from that perspective, it's kind of hard to, to, to really think that they're super dangerous sometimes, you know, because you don't actually see them acting in the world. Whereas with Kefka, you see him acting. You know, you feel him hounding your steps. Um, you know, the, the hilarious scene, I know that Sharp mentioned it earlier on when he marches out into the middle of the desert and um, and finds where you're hiding out in, in Edgar's castle. And, you know, he has, he has his soldiers, you know, brush the sand off his boots because he's there, he's annoyed with the sand, um, you know. And, and, and that's what's, you know, that's, also part of the art that you see is he starts off as like this goofy you know uh oh yeah he must be really dangerous the first time you you battle with him he runs away you know he cracks jokes and runs away um and progressively gets more and more dangerous um to the point that you know the the, the last time you have a a, a chance to um, the last several times that you have a chance to run into him directly, um, he, he apparently dies, like I was saying about Goldbez and other, he apparently dies several times. Nope, nope, you can't kill him. <laughs> he keeps coming back. <laughs> um, and uh, and the other thing that, you know, you, you mentioned is, you know, like, like you said, you know, Sephiroth definitely wanted to, was really sick and twisted plan, right? To take the world and turn it into his own, Silver Surfer Scooter. surfboard, right? Um, Kefka actually but succeeds. He, I was gonna say, but he didn't. He didn't succeed. He succeeds in doing what he wants. Um, he completely annihilates the world. He absorbs all the magic power from the Warring Triad who created magic, um, and becomes effectively, you know, a god, right? Remakes the world in his own image. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not until the end, you know, that he basically, he basically like, you know, dishes a little bit on at the end, like life is meaningless. I've accomplished everything that I want and it's pointless. You're all going to die. <laughs> so, so, so dark. Um, and, uh, and the other thing that I want to throw out there, I don't know if I can, am I able to, to share on screen or not? Uh, I've got a couple of his, uh, I've got a pictures of his sprites from the original. Oh, yeah. Um, let me see. I don't know if I can. Uh, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> I know you won't be able to see it on the audio version, but uh, um, the the number of, of expressions and, and various animations that they had for his sprite. Um, you can share it now. I, oh, okay, I, I turned cool. it on. I uh, let's see, let's see if I can do it this way. So I pulled this off of uh, one of the many Final Fantasy fandom websites. Um, the sheer number of sprites that he has in the game—I don't know why they had a uh, a tent for him. That's 
Um, but uh, yeah, the oh yeah, there you go. I'm looking at your stream. The sheer number of of, uh, of sprites that they had for him, he was so expressive. Um, and you know, with this, you know, that thousand sprites or a thousand bits or whatever it is, um, to be able to express so much, uh, so so iconic. His uh, his laugh, the laugh yeah. in the original game. I mean, you just hear you that. You can see it down on the bottom right. Yeah. And, and you hear and, the sound effect. You hear the little MIDI. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're in trouble now. Yeah, and he started out as just a regular, I think he was even like just a slave. And he they did the experiments on him, and he got his magic. And he just was, the, I think he was, the, I think I read he was the first one that got the magic. But he... We we got to watch his descent into madness mm -hmm. along with his rise in power. And I think having the sprites and having him be so expressive is part of us getting to go along on the crazy journey that is Kepka. Mm -hmm. Also, you don't trust a clown. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a... Uh, on the... There's a Facebook group. There's a Final Fantasy VI Facebook group uh, that's pretty active. And there's someone out there who is who did a um, who's a teacher that did their door of their classroom with the Kefka face. It's just like zoomed in on his face like this. Um, oh, that's cool. And uh, and then it has a quote at the top. And I'm, I'm tr I think it's the. Um, wait what, me wait what do i look like a waiter it's a, again and one of his one of his brilliant jokes <laughs> i mean there you go i think he's i think you saying you can hear the laugh like you see the face and you can just hear the laugh I'm trying to think, is there anything that I associate more with a villain than Kefka in the laugh? Joker. I mean, in Final <laughs> Fantasy villains. I'm just saying, like, like when I, I guess, I guess I, when I'm looking, like, at his illustration, it's like, all I can hear is Mark Hamill's Joker laugh coming out of him, and it's just terrifying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great analogy, you know, with the, um, with the sheer level of chaos that uh that the joker brings um and and mark hamill obviously does a great job you know with the the voice acting that he did um but yeah just the sheer level of chaos that you know it really isn't about like yeah i mean it's about you know getting gaining power and everything like that but ultimately it's just about destruction it's just about reigning chaos seeing things burn just for the sheer pleasure that pleasure of seeing things burn um that you're so right with that because like I'm looking at the quote like the big quotes they have for for Kefka why create when it will only be destroyed why cling to life knowing that you have to die life dreams hope where do they come from and where do they go none of that junk is enough to fulfill your heart destruction destruction is what makes life worth living destroy 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 let's destroy everything like if that's not a villain, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. No, thank oh, you. and oh, look, I skipped one. Read my lips. 
Mercy is for wimps. There's a reason oppose rhymes with dispose. If they get in your way, kill them. Those are from the uh, villain fandom wiki. But great quotes. Like they are just kill anyone that gets in your way. Why worry about creating things? It's just going to get destroyed. Don't worry about living. You're just going to die. Yeah. Yeah, and you can. I mean, and you talked. I think you talked a little bit about that with with Sephiroth, right? That he mm-hmm. was, you know, in many ways he was created, right, to in, in in to be this superhuman, right. Same thing with Kefka, right? Was experimented on, you know, was infused with the Magitek. Um, obviously, it messed him up. You know, and I don't think it's just simply like a a power corrupts, you know, thing with him there was probably something that just messed him up behind the scenes too. Um, and, and it just, but clearly he was allowed to, um, you know, and he was, he was allowed to, to operate and he was allowed to, to gain strength, um, before he really got on the crazy train or almost like hid, (laughs) hid the crazy train, if you will. Right. right, Yeah. I feel like a lot of final fantasies have that, that mm-hmm. kind of overall art overarching message of the big villain is really just a product of the world itself rotting and hmm. that opportunity happening. Like if it wasn't Kefka, if it wasn't Sephiroth, it was going to be somebody else. Somebody was going, the way this world works, someone's going to get corrupted, going to get enough power. And they're go- like, it's just eventually going to happen in these worlds. I feel like, and Kefka is just the perfect example of, um, like you said, the descent into madness and finding a way to bring everyone down with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, any more on Kefka? So, you know, really satisfying boss battle too. You know, just like most in Final Fantasy VI, it's not particularly challenging. Um, but, uh, um, you know the 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 multiple layers of that. The fact that you have to defeat the three, um, the warring triad first, and then kind of work your way up. And and it's the 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 imagery is very simple. If you are similar, if you see some of the um, the 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 imagery of him, you know, in his final form, if you will, um, you can see where they kind of got some of the imagery for Sephiroth as well. Um, the angelic form, you know, someone becoming godlike. Uh, and uh yeah if you haven't played six pick. go do it yep just and go play all the final the fantasies <laughs> just go and play then, all final and then eventually fantasies. you can see if you can um you can you know solo the kefka fight with just gao as as many people have done <laughs> no thank you i'm good <laughs> like no, I don't want to do a whole other thing of Dark Souls with old school RPGs. I'm good. I've done enough of that in my life. But, do you have any other, Ben? Um, no, that was primarily it that I could think on the top of my head. Uh, I mean, there's always some good... If he had more, I'm going to be very disappointed that he didn't bring them up before I, I called that the main event. Oh, whoa. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean... hurt my feelings. I nothing come to mind except for like some of the villains that come out through fourteen, and you know fourteen being my favorite and most played game that I have in the series. 
it, it the Asians are Who's who is your favorite villain from fourteen? Oh Probably ooh, Nidhog from the Heaven's Word expansion. I've heard that I've heard that name a lot. Uh he is a terrifying, terrifying dragon the size of like half of a city and you fight him multiple times because he doesn't stay dead. Hmm. Like most villains. I mean, if, I was going to say, if he's the size of a city, it's probably pretty hard to kill. Yeah. I mean, you th- you go through at least two to three boss fights with him, if I recall, throughout the expansion. So, but yeah, I, I would say Nidhogg, he, he's... Look him up. He's a terrifying dragon. Um, and he also corrupts everything that he touches, essentially, on top of that. Is he a returning uh, boss, or is he, was he... Uh, he was... He was mainly... Yeah, he was... He was mainly through Heaven's Ward, uh, only he... As far as I recall, he does not return after Heaven's Ward. Because mm. uh, you, you do actually slay him, or a character slays him. Um, but there's other dragons that make a return though later down the line that are not enemies, which is a fun, good thing to have because dragons in Final Fantasy are like dragons in D&D. They literally can destroy mountains with no effort Hmm. because why not? Or yeah, you know, Sharp has like, you know, FF14, Wild Squirrels. Or angry trees, as as I can, far as I can see. Yeah, if you're in uh, the Great Wood, uh, there are. Um, oh shoot, I cannot remember the creature's name. It's a very traditional like D and D creature that you would see with trees. Treants, uh, turrets, um, that you fight and kill, whatnot. But yeah, that's what I got. You got one more tray. Oh, no. That's it. That's it? Okay. Well, uh, before we wrap this up, Hylian, is there anything that you want to shout out or tell people how people can get a hold of you or anything like that? I don't have anything to shout out, you know. Uh, I try to stay active on the uh, the discords, both both Ben of Tamaria's and, uh, and Robots Radio discords. So. Can I put you on the spot? Go for it. Are those juggling balls behind you? Indeed, they are. Are they yours? Let's see it if they're yours. Awesome. Absolutely. There you have it. And if you're listening to this, obviously you cannot see, but Highland can juggle. (laughs) That's why you should watch Ben's streams. Yes, they're all fun. Uh, All my streams, I've been... Uh, go and watch my streams of my other shows uh, that I do as well as my game streams I've been doing a little bit more recently uh, I've been streaming The Witcher 3 on Next Gen which just recently wrapped up the uh, Netflix quest which was really cool and interesting they added new lore to the Witcher universe with that quest to uh, tie in the Netflix like gear as well as they added a new monster which was a very interesting monster fight so fun stuff there. But uh, with that, uh, Hylene, thank you for joining us on today's patron chat, as always. And um, everybody, thank you for listening to the Final Fantasy Lorecast. And may the crystals guide you.
Thank you for listening to the Final Fantasy Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on Twitter at FFLorecast. And you can email us at FFLorecast at gmail.com.